1: Welcome to Hives, Vibes, and Tribes, a podcast that explores how we can reimagine the workplace as an essential component that helps to inform our overall health and well-being, and the important work that must be done to foster those types of environments. How do we consider the need for meaningful human contact and connection, the desire for purpose, the ache for measured solitude, and the longing for inspired physical space? We will examine those ideas and much more in the casual conversations that take place right here. In this episode of Hives, Vibes, and Tribes, I'm speaking with Lori Sussel Bonani. Lori is the founder of Elsys LLC, a multidisciplined communications consulting firm. Lori builds and grows companies' reputations, thereby increasing awareness, business results, and credibility. Think of her as a non-traditional publicist for companies as early as startups and as established as Global 500s. While working at multinational agencies and media companies, she always found herself working in the in-house startup and on the team breaking down silos. This dynamic helped fuel her entrepreneurial spirit, creating the perfect foundation for the launch of Elsys. This adventure-loving human was candid and honest about how her experience working at media giant NBC is an example of how the workplace culture can vary from division to division. And it's not always the way we see it splashed in the headlines. And when she told the story of her solo sabbatical to six South American countries, I couldn't help but just be envious of her having chucked everything to follow a dream. I hope you enjoy getting to know Lori as much as I did in this episode. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here.
2: I'm great and it's so good to be here.
1: I am um, excited because you and I have had a conversation prior to this as well. So we got like a little bit of like meet and greet and get to know you. Um, So already I feel like we have a long-standing relationship.
2: (laughs) I do feel like we are a bit of kindred spirits, so. Yes,
1: completely agree with that. Okay, so before we get too deep, um, tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about the work that you're doing with Elsys, um, your business, which is, you've just hit the two-year mark, right, on this?
2: Is that correct? Since I established an LLC, yes. Okay, but, but I've you were been, doing the work long before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically build and grow companies' reputations, thereby increasing awareness, business results, and credibility. So what the heck does that mean? Uh, you can think of me as a non-traditional publicist, um, and I work typically with companies as early as startups and as established as Global 500s.
1: So let me ask you about the term publicist because, uh, and I, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody who's in publicity, but I came from an industry, and it, it was in sports, um, and the the PR, the people who worked in PR were, um, generally speaking, viewed as not as good as everybody else, and I don't know why that is because I feel like the importance of their job is is you know like as it's as important, if not more than some of maybe even the work I was doing, for example. Um, but I don't understand why public relations and publicity gets a bad rap. Why is that?
2: No. And it's so funny when you say publicist. So I call myself a non-traditional publicist because typically when you think about a publicist, it's generating and managing publicity and it's associated with celebrities and, you know, promoting movies and whatnot. Um, And so the press is less, you know, who is seen where, what they're wearing, what movie or book or show they're promoting and more about bringing the business to the front, whether it's through press, partnerships, business development, content creation, as well as creating thought leadership opportunities, um, so I see that the publicity piece is not just limited to press, but more about building the reputation. Um, and I don't know why they get a bad rap because um, you know I think there's a lot of at least for people that are good at what they do, there's a lot of <laughs> research and thought that goes into it. So um, it's, it's more strategic than just you yeah. know throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs>
1: I mean, I agree with it. I With the co-working space here, I had a partnership with a, a group of women who were in public relations and they were extraordinary. And there's no, you know, there's an expertise that comes with that. So for me, it was generating awareness about the space and about the industry, um, about the work that I was doing within the county to kind of, you know, amplify the message about independent working. I could have never, never made any of the connections that I did without their help. And it wasn't just that they were connecting me with people, but they were providing me strategy and, and education. And, and we were just like, we were threading needles and I don't know, I was, I was ever so grateful for it. And I, I always wondered why I'm like, oh, you guys have such a bad rap. And I don't think it's, I don't think
2: it's deserved. Did but you get a lot of publicity from their work? I did.
1: I got a lot of local publicity. We weren't really reaching. We weren't trying to reach nationally. And in quite honest, um, quite honestly, they even since I haven't been working with them, which mostly is just because once the COVID shutdown mm-hmm. came, everything the business kind of shrunk. Um, I've still been um, requested for radio interviews and um, other types of interviews just during the shutdown because of the relationships that. I had made through their um, their connections. So it's not even like they're, if you have the right connections, they're not usually just one and done, but they continue, you know, on into the future. So, um, but I do like how you, you emphasize that you're kind of, in, you're, you're increasing the awareness of, and it's not just through media interviews and that type of thing, but um, yeah. it's bigger than that. I think, um, one of the questions I was wondering, you know, and we can dive in a little bit deeper about one of my favorite things about you, which is your sabbatical that you took where you just checked out and went to South America. So jealous about. Um, but prior to that, you
2: worked with some larger uh, companies. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I worked with... Um, I basically worked and I'll tell you the companies, but it was always like the startup within these big companies. So when I worked at NBC, I worked for a company that had just been acquired. So when you work at NBC, you're called a peacock and we were baby peacocks. Um, when I worked at DDB, which is like when worked at DDB, which is like a global advertising agency network. Um, I had joined the new business team, you know, maybe a month after my boss had started. And it was just the two of us, you know, with this new business machine. And then the team ultimately grew to about six of us. And we, while I was there for about five years, we had like the most successful years of new business that the agency had ever seen. And this is an agency that had been around for decades. Um, And then I also worked for a company that's actually now part of Ogilvy, um, and they were oh, a wow. um, healthcare communications firm based in the UK. And they, the first day that we had offices in New York City uh, was my first day at work. Like we took a trip to Ikea to buy furniture kind of thing. Awesome. So <laughs> um, <laughs> while they these had really big names behind them, I just always seemed to find myself in like the startup part of these right. big companies. And so I'm going to ask the probably what is the obvious
1: question at this point. So let's talk about NBC. And Uh you know, like my favorite one of my favorite things to talk about is just the culture of things that are happening within organizations, whether they're large or small. And so, from the outside perspective, and given all of the Kind of current event happenings in the last couple of years of, of situations that go on, and especially in, in media, right? What was it like, even though you were part of a smaller team, were you integrated into the bigger picture of um, NBC in the sense that you were experiencing some of that media culture, um, potentially, I'm going to just say it, not super positive and amazing culture? Did you experience any of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we were definitely integrated into the teams that we were in, and um, I think that I had a good experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that it gets a bad rap, um, and it certainly existed, um, but it was, you know, a very, um, the teams that we worked with um, were, you know, diverse and didn't... You know, we're sitting at 30 Rocks, so, it, you know, um, so no, I didn't really experience any of that. I think that I had um, been given the opportunity to grow quite significantly, and, um, you know, my direct boss was a woman uh, who reported to um, men who were actually based on the West Coast, um, my boss actually sat in Dallas, um, but we worked really closely with sales teams that were obviously sitting in New York as well. Um, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't really have that experience. Um, oh, that makes me happy, first of yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, it's also,
1: it's, it's nice. It's nice to know that, and I think we all know this generally, you can't really paint you know, you can't take one big brush and, and and get the accurate picture of what happens within an organization. Um, so it's nice to hear that there were more healthy opportunities to work in, in a larger company like that and not have to suffer a lot of the stuff that we see, you know, in, in current events. So, at what point was it, you were working with, with some of these larger companies, and then you decided, I'm going to chuck it all and, and hit South America. What Was there a trigger? Was there a particular event that just made you, like, throw your hands up, or you, it was just something that you'd always wanted to do?
2: It was really something that I had wanted to do. Um, and uh, there was an event um, that had happened that, you know, this... It, it may have filtered into needing to just prove something to myself. But, um, but really, it was just something I really wanted to do. I said, you know, why not? Like, let's just do this. And I was dating my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband. And I was like, let's just go. Um, and he was like, nah, I don't want to go. But, you know, he was 110% supportive and and basically said, you know, if we were to get married and, have kids, like, this is not um, something that you'll really get to do. So, like, if you see a future with me, like, you should just go do it. Like, you know, um, and yeah, so I, um, I left. I had planned it for a while and um, used resources like um, NBC's Medical Center to get a different vaccine every week than I needed for my trip um and so they did it at cost so nothing was like raised you know up and Mm -hmm. um they have quite a medical center so uh for like you know weeks I'd go for like one at a time yeah just that I was going on vacation and you know um and so you know did that and and had everything really planned um and the only thing that I really didn't think too much about was giving my notice and that when it came time to like tell my boss. It was on the phone because, um, he, he was now my boss, I think. So I had to call like my boss's boss. Yeah. Um, He was sitting in LA. So like I had to call to basically quit. And I just remember my like chest was in my throat. I felt like I was going to be sick. I was like, I'm not like getting in trouble. Like I'm just like quitting a job. And you know, I had like my airline tickets. I at that point, I had all my vaccines. Like I literally like worked till like you know, a couple days before I got like, in. Take it two weeks. You know, there was nothing to give two weeks notice for. So like I worked till a couple days before I was leaving. So I knew when I was giving two weeks. You know, I didn't need like an extra two weeks or anything. I, um, you know, so uh, when I had given my notice, yeah, I like felt sick to my stomach and. Um, the first thing he said was, holy shit, that's amazing. Like, he was so <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Um And then as, like, words spread through the office, I remember um this guy who ran head of sales came over to my desk and had said, you know, I just want you to know, like, you're doing something that, like, everyone here is so, like, I wish I did that kind of thing. Yeah. And I had nothing but, like, amazing support. And um it was really it like made me like not be as like freaked out once I like, then I can tell people that weren't really in the know because I didn't want work to find out first. So yeah, last. Um, yeah. So I just kind of said, screw it. And I just want something different and I wanted to, um, you know, see more of South America than just a two week vacation, which I had done in the past.
1: So I love the fact that you say that your boyfriend was like, "Nope, you're gonna go. I'm not going with you, but I'll be here when you get back." And uh, because for me, I would, I I would have been like, "Oh no, this is the end of the relationship." (laughs) (laughs) Um, But how great! And obviously, it worked out because you end up getting married and now you
2: have children, right? Yes, we have a daughter, but I I joke around that um, when I left for my trip, I knew where I was flying into, and I knew where I was flying home, and then I had some friends from Chicago that were planning a vacation to to Chile, and um, we had made plans to meet up, so I knew where I needed to be for like three days with them, but other than that, there was nothing else, except we knew when I was flying out, my boyfriend was going to meet me. And so at the end, so I always joke that, um, you know, he made sure I came home. (laughs) (laughs) You can
1: fill in the middle blank, but here's the the beginning and the end.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, you know, I definitely did not want to come home. So, um, yeah. Which countries did you visit? Um, I went to, uh, Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, Peru, um Bolivia and Ecuador oh my god so, so I so made my way yes. up <laughs> it was amazing I mean you know th- it, there were you know it was tough you know there were some points that you know it was you know I am not um I don't like planning too far ahead mm-hmm. um and so there were you know some days where it was like four in the afternoon and it was like I, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight <laughs> like um <laughs> oh my god so, yeah you know
1: it reminds me uh, I just I just had this experience last week um, a friend of mine recommended a docu series that's playing on Amazon Prime right now um, and it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal and it's produced by Diego Luna who is one of my favorite actors who happens to be from Mexico and it's basically conversations around a dinner table with you know influencers in certain um, certain topics, like whether it's climate change or, you know, things that are pretty much hot political topics right now. And, um, this time last year, so we're like, we're in October, right? This time last year, I had, I know, um, I had decided that I was going to move down to Mexico for six months. Um, this, which would have been January of 2020. Um, and I had everything planned out. I have two children. So I had sorted that out with dads and, and, um, I, you know, I tend to be, um, uh, I don't know if it's very brave. I don't think it's separate, but you know, I'm just, it, I don't question the challenges that I know are going to arise when I get to some place that I don't know anything about. Right. Um, but watching this show, um, has been this e- extremely humbling um, experience in which I see like i in my mind i'm like i 'm fine i'm capable i'm you know i 'm a grown woman and and I can go to some place and I know where I should go and where i shouldn't go and be safe and how to connect with people that kind of kind of help keep me safe if i don 't know the area all of that just taking for granted that that's how I can operate here um, and not you know this is not a a one week vacation I was thinking about going on. This is me relocating, right? And really trying to dive into the culture. And what I've been watching this show and I've been humbled at this idea of like, what what life is really like down there um, for the people who have been in that culture all their lives and for multiple generations? And like, what gives me the right to think that I can just go down there? And not that I can't go there, but like that everything is going to be perfect and safe and I'm not going to be affected by any of the socio um, the the social injustices that are happening down there. Like I, I'm just I just realized I'm like, God, I know you're so arrogant to think that you're just going to go down there like this privileged woman, um, that, you know, I am, and life is gonna be no different than it is for me here. And it's it's been a really, really, really hard um realization especially in the current climate that we're in right now where this is a you know this is people like you and I are are getting our asses handed to us with reality and it's great like most of us at least most of the people that I know are willing to take it on and and learn from it but i don't know i d- i know that was a little bit of a tangent but you know just thinking of you being down there and not knowing from one you know sometimes one minute to the next where you're going to stay and there's a reality to that and how great that you're able to experience that. And also, and obviously I didn't go as well because, um, I, something had occurred with the business that I have here and I had to postpone it. So I wasn't going to be able to go in January and then COVID hit. And so then I couldn't go at all. But now I have a different perspective and I think it's not off the table. Um, but I definitely have a different viewpoint of what the experience can and should be. Um, so I don't know. I, I think how fortunate some of us are to be able to take those moments in life and go experience another culture in the way that's not just, you know, sitting on the
2: beach in vacation mode. Yeah. And I think that um, it really breaks you out of a comfort zone too, right? I had been living in New York City and, um, you know, was just used to life and, it was fine. Um, I remember right after, soon after I came back, I want to say it was early 2013, um, there was a, a New York woman, a wife, a mother, um, and she was supposed to go on vacation with a friend, and the friend canceled something last minute, and she went anyway, um, and then she was killed. Um, and when people found out that was, she was traveling alone, there was all this press about, why would she go on holiday without her family and it was like mm, you know because why why couldn't she she had the plans like why she probably took off of work like why wouldn't you still go and um and I had written an article um in response to that I, I had a blog a while ago and um it was just basically even if you go solo you're never alone because even though I you know was by myself um you know I wasn't really by
0: myself. You know, you were meeting people along the way. Um, You know, I had a
2: no purchase necessary. Void
1: were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Lovely Valentine's Day dinner with a woman from Andorra. I had gone to wine tasting with a couple from uh, Portland, Oregon. You know, I had spent, you know, a couple of days with a bunch of girls from Australia. Like I was never really alone. And yeah. when I, you know, was in the company of somebody that made me uncomfortable, you know, for example, the I was on like a 12 hour bus ride next to this guy. And like after 12 hours, like we had hardly said anything to each other and, you know, we got to our destination really late and he was like, and I actually did have a place to stay that night. Um, and, you know, he asked where I was staying. I was just like, mm, with a friend, like, I, you know, like it's your gut too, right? Like a yeah, lot of yeah. it, you know, you can't control, but like, Hey, you know, you I was in your company for 12 hours and you didn't make me feel, you know, welcome like i we're not, we're not taking a taxi to the, the place i'm staying um so it was interesting and um at the end you know somewhere in between um bolivia and peru i had I'd gone um on a couple of nights away on a you know a tour i wouldn't even call it a tour but a group of people they put together um on Titicaca and we all got broken up to stay with different families and there were four of us um four women we were all about the same age all of us were traveling alone so we represented Canada the United States um Argentina and France and everybody spoke English the, the house the couple that we were staying with their family nobody spoke English but we all spoke enough Spanish to talk a little bit but um on this island they spoke Uh, a language called Quechua, So it was, you know, very broken Spanish that we could all talk. Um, And as we, the four of us got to talking about, you know, travel and solo female travel, um, we had shared like the reactions from our families and friends and, you know, for four girls from four different countries, you know, the reactions of like, what are you doing? Wasn't that, you know, different. So... um, you know, I just thought that was always really interesting. And, you know, and it was like, well, you're not really alone. Like you, experiences too, right? Like that, you know, you had this reaction that you were just like quitting your job and, you know, we were all had established careers, you know? Um, So that was, that was really interesting and and really fun.
1: I think, um, I, I guess I don't have this conversation as often with my male friends that I do with the women that I meet, but it seems like, more often than not, the women I meet have at some point in their lives, and of course, I'm, you know we're a little bit older now, so we've got had more experiences, but at some point in their lives have you know quit quit a big job or just done a complete 180 in their life in one way or another to go experience something different, whether it's another country, another culture, you know it, it, and it's um, there's this curiosity that at some point we can't ignore any longer. And I suspect that probably men feel the same way, but it's, it's like a human condition and not necessarily a male-female condition. But um, I, it was funny, I was reading something that you wrote and you, you um, described yourself as infinitely curious. And it struck me because i've just rec- i think i've always been curious as well but i've just recognized this within myself in the last year or so how incredibly curious i am about so many things and i always referred to myself in the past as somebody who knows a little bit about a lot of things and i always said that in a way that i, w- I didn't think i was super proud about that like it was like i never really dug really, really deep into something other than, you know, the schooling that I did or whatever. But I actually am starting to appreciate this idea that there is so much in the world to be curious about. And with the technology that we have at our fingertips, how you can literally be sitting on the couch and somebody say a word or a thing, and you can just start Googling it, and go down a rabbit hole. And I know it can cause problems too, right? When you go into these rabbit holes of technology and you're like, oh, I just I didn't do my dishes for three days because <laughs> I've been researching. But um, how, how lovely it is that not only are we curious, but we have the opportunity to explore those curiosities. And I don't know, I'm starting to think that that's actually a, um, not a challenge of mine, but you know, something that I'm proud of.
2: Absolutely. And my, um, even while you've been talking, like when you mentioned Diego Luna, I just put him into Google. And so like another tab. And when I look at my tabs, it's like how my brain works are all open and, <laughs> the top. and it's just like, Oh, I want to look into that later. Like, or, you know, and then when the tabs get too much, I have to like put the links into an email and then, you know, I, you know, I have emails titled, you know, research for later, like, just because I feel like I want to know. And, yeah. um, You know, I definitely am somebody that will ask, you know, from our last conversations too. Like, I love asking questions and learning more. And I, you know, love hearing different perspectives and having interesting conversations and um, just having that, like, curiosity, I just, and it's funny now, because I have a three and a half year old daughter who asks why about everything, and I think it's so endearing, like, I thought I would be like, oh, when that when she gets to be like that, oh, that would probably be like, oh my gosh, and it's like, it's just so fun, like, yesterday she asked, I said something about, like, definitely, and I said it, like, once or twice, and she's like, this definitely, and I was like, like, certainly, and But it certainly. certainly. (laughs) So then, uh, you know, I was like, well, I definitely love you. Like, there's no doubt. And, you know, so she was like, I definitely have to eat dinner. Like, I was like, yes, (laughs) yes. Like, (laughs) It is pretty great to see their eyes
1: open wide, right? And when they discover something new. And um, I, I know my son is six years old and he's, you know, It's only been in this last year that I've kind of started mourning his babiness, you know, now he's definitely turning into a dude. Um, But every now and then he'll, he'll like, um, get curious about something a lot. We are trying to do two languages. So there's also, you know, the, he get he's twice as curious now because he wants to know the translation or sometimes it's me who wants to know the translation (laughs) of something. Um, I, but yeah, I, I, I have moments where I think kids and their curiosity is is pretty amazing, but then there's also these moments where you're like, okay, can we just stop asking the questions right now? Yeah.
2: We have that too. <laughs> yes. But it's fun to like figure out what the you know what the answer is and. Um, You know just seeing like the why or what or having her ask those questions Mm -hmm. um you know and i don't want to like squash any of that either because i think that that's such a good trait to have
1: yeah we talked a little bit before about the kind of homeschooling sitch right now how's that going for you
2: well we have sent her back to daycare um in july um it is not without hesitation on my part um but, um, you know, I've been stocking up from, you know, stores like Michael's and DiscountSchoolSupply.com <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to need activities at some point because I just can't see keeping her there all winter, which, yeah. you know, makes me nervous. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of escaped that. But, like, yeah, they're they're teaching, like, stuff. Like, it's preschool and she's there. All, it's daycare. So, it's all day. and. No, she came home one night and was telling me that she's an omnivore. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So they were learning about dinosaurs and and what they eat. And it was, it was just really um, like, I can't teach that. I don't know how to teach that kind of thing. So um,
1: my kid is the other day was um, doing a class. Their, their school is still completely virtual right now. My daughter's back in a hybrid model, but he's still completely virtual And he's six, first grade. And they were doing fractions. And I'm like, wait, really? Like, are are six years old our six year olds are doing fractions right now that seems a little excessive to me, and of course i 'm like oh my god i don 't know if I remember how to do fractions like, there 's a um, challenge but what 's interesting is his school is um, they do they 're doing breakout rooms on zoom as well so it 's funny to see all these young kids who are completely proficient technologically. And they can go from a big Zoom classroom into a breakout room. And then there's a teacher in there who's just letting them do their schoolwork. And I'm like, wow, this is nuts. This is just nuts. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone, (laughs) uh, which I know all the parents are feeling right now. It's
2: just such a different, you know,
1: it's a departure from what we're used to.
2: And I heard I'm, when you were talking to Marcella that, you know, kids are, like, shutting windows down and, like, don't know how to flip back and forth. like. Why well, said he gets bored, and so he
1: just starts clicking on the mouse. Like, he's curi- it's more of a curiosity, right? He, want, he knows that he can go from, like, speaker view to gallery view, and he can click the buttons. <laughs> and then every now and then, like, he'll just hit the – in fact, he taught me – this is hysterical – the kids have to stay on mute during the whole class. Um, until they're called upon. And so he was called upon and I was like trying to get him to like move the mouse and unmute by clicking the button. And he looks at me like cross-eyed. And he's like, what? And he goes, look. And he pushes down the space bar. And i like, what? I did not even know that you could do that. And he's like showing me how to do it. I'm like, Oh my God. I just, I just turned into my parents.
2: (laughs) No, it's so funny. My daughter realized that you can hit the caps lock and like the light goes on and I, you know, whatever, I knew that. And she was clicking around another time and, you know, there's a backlight on like your computer when it's like dark, the keyboard lights up. I didn't know that. She found that button. She found that button on the remote. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh my God, I love it. We're we're our parents, for sure. I know. Completely. Um, Total hard left here. Are you writing a book? I have been writing a draft, a couple of different drafts. Um, I'm an aspiring children's book author, um, so there is some work to be done on that, but um, I had always wanted to be a children's book writer even before I had my daughter, Um, and now... That I have her, um, it feels more important. Um, and so, it's the one that I'm writing right now is about STEM and, and STEM topics. And so, um, you know, I sometimes like read parts of it to her and just to see um, what her reaction is. But since there's no actual book, she's like not that <laughs> interested. <laughs> there's no pictures yet. No, but uh, yeah, no. I love I love books, um, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to read a lot anymore um, of of adult books. Um, so I'm, you know, I probably used to like devour like a book every couple weeks. Um, but I am well versed now in children's books, and we are overflowing with books, and it's so much fun to buy and see them and um, you know, libraries were closed for a while, but we have, a we have our own library. Staff
1: here. <laughs> do you have those book libraries in your neighborhoods out there where, you know, somebody in front of their house will put
2: like a little box and you could. Yes, I have books? seen them. I have not, um, I've put books in there, but I've not taken anything. Um, yeah. do you have a lot of those out there?
1: Yes, and I'm discovering. I'm just starting to discover them because throughout COVID, I was the my the only outside time I was getting was this. Um, this really beautiful. I've got about a five mile loop that I could walk toward the like away from town. So I would go on this five mile walk into the woods and not see anybody. But on the way, I would see all these like little book boxes in front of houses. I was like, wow, I had no idea that we had so many. And I actually. Um, Did you know, I always feel like if I take one, I definitely should put one back, if not more. Um, So I've been doing that a little bit lately. But, I mean, the children's book idea thing, it's interesting. I have a friend, um, in fact, when we're done with this, this is one of the people I told you I'm going to connect you with. Um, Her background is um, in science. And she just, uh, it's been about a year and a half or two years since she published her book um, called Wonder is My Compass. And so she was telling, you know, I was watching her go through that writing process and the editing process and doing it. And she was engaging with her son as well because it's really meant, this book in particular is um, meant to bring, like, make science feel accessible to parents um, so that they could teach their children, right? Um, it's a fantastic book. And, but going through that, you know, A, it was the, the, topic you were mentioning about STEM, but um, just that process of going through it because she was inspired for, um, you know, she's got a son as well. So um, I don't know. That to me is so admirable and so freaking scary. <laughs>
0: like,
1: the idea, I love to write. Um, I've definitely had a bit of a block in the last year where I cannot even get myself to sit down and write anything. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that's about, but the idea of actually writing a book it feels scary as crap to me so yeah.
2: kudos well, to you it would be, be a picture book so it wouldn't be as but much you no know,
1: yeah still I think that's it's great good for you
2: thank you wow.
1: so what's next for you um and your business I'm I'm super excited I just saw that you got your new website up uh, yes right?
2: We've finally congratulations <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have that going. Um, So, you know, doing some client work and prospecting. um, And then I have launched sort of a side company with um, two friends um, called uh, Business Abnormal. And that came out of, you know, the beginning of COVID and and what to do um, and kind of thinking about that. So What's
1: um, that business about?
2: So it's really more of a um, speaking-slash-consultancy offering. We're all communications experts, um, but in different ways. Um, So really bringing together three people with similar mindsets and different skill sets to break down what we're in now. So we all speak on different things, Um, in terms of communication, and when we can put a presentation together, like we did um, communicating in chaos, and so we were able to, together, come up with the where and the why and the how between the three of us. Um, And, you know, we've done a few few talks, which has been really um, great, and it's been, you know, fun to work with some friends and, um, you know, talking about how to emerge from the crisis, you know, using communications and see what
1: that looks like. It seems so very necessary to be quite honest. Like there are days where, you know, not even just in the, in my business, but in life in general, I feel like I don't even know if I know how to communicate anymore. Here's what, something funny just happened to me. Oh my gosh, I. So I, again, I have this coworking space and my happy place is when new people come in, I get to meet them and I'm, you know, I'm just so extroverted and, and like I never, never, never am I at a loss for words or anything like that. And I found recently, I've had a couple of occasions <laughs> where I will be confronted by somebody new in my world, which would normally be like, you know, my sweet spot in life. and. I say stupid shit, like stupid things come out of my mouth, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Like, something just came out of my mouth. I didn't even, you know, it, it's nothing. It's not like I'm, it's offensive or anything like that. It's just, um, it's like I've lost my social skills or something. And ask. I, I think that's probably what's going to happen with a lot of people. And imagine somebody like me who thrives in that scenario. Not having any social skills suddenly, like who are the people? What is what is it going to be like when we're all back out in front of each other again? <laughs> like it's going to be awkward. <laughs> and it's, how great would it be to have some communication skills?
2: <laughs> um, it's back. so funny because I feel the same way. And when we first started putting it together, um, you know, some of the presentations we did, we were joking around about that. Like, how are we giving advice when it feels like it's so hard to put together? Um, you know, a sentence sometimes, um, but I think that the offering that we have, you know, is a flexible and on-demand resource. It offers agility, and we all have experience navigating to so um, being able to do that um, with two other women that I respect and admire has been really fun.
1: Oh, that's great news. It's, you know, as if your life wasn't busy enough. Now you have another project, right? That's
2: what we do. Well, pre-COVID, I really ran at like 90 miles an hour. And so, you know, it's, it was a bit of a, you know, what the heck, like when everything sort of came to a halt and, you know, I had to really train myself to, you know, you can't physically do all of this. It's not, you yeah. know, mentally good. It's not physically good. Um, and now you know, I'm sort of going back into those ways. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, keep me
1: posted. <laughs> oh, Lori, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, you, you're so lovely, first of all, and I love the work that you're doing. And I'm so grateful to have been connected to you. Um this, this podcast project has been great for me because um, I've just been connected to so many amazing humans. Um, and a lot of you actually already know each other. So I feel like the newbie coming in and just getting to know everybody. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to have um, been able to get to know you a little bit better and, and so thankful that you were able to join me this afternoon.
2: Thank you so much. I, I think you're fabulous, fabulous. And, um, oh, you're sweet. you know, I think we, we really hit it off the first time that we chatted. Completely, completely. So this is,
1: if I had a cocktail, I would say cheers to many more, but <laughs> now I'll just do it with my, actually, I have a, uh, my New York glass here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> cheers. Well, you have a great afternoon. Thank you again for joining me and we will definitely be in
2: touch. Thank you so much.
1: For more information about Lori Cecil banani visit her website at www.elsis.com or on LinkedIn at Lori Cecil banani Thanks for joining us on Hives, Vibes, and Tribes. I'm Danielle Strobel. Please share this episode with a friend or colleague to continue the conversation about how the workplace can and should be reimagined. Follow me at Danielle Strobel on Instagram for show highlights and to leave your comments about the episode. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and consider leaving a review. It helps others find the podcast, too. The more we contribute to the conversation, the better. Podcast production by Audio Ephemera. This podcast is a proud member of the
0: Potifornia Podcast Network.